0: Chapter 18 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Recording by Jordan Nash. A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Lewis Albert Banks. Chapter 18 disagreeable Christians. Romans fourteen seven through 19 The Christian life is an ideal life. It is the kind of a life which you cannot fulfill by a cold obedience to forms and ceremonies and laws, however strict. One may keep all the law in obedience to the formalities of the letter, and yet, like in the Spirit of Christ, the effect of the life may be thoroughly false. Christianity has the extra of the Spirit superimposed upon obedience to the requirements of the law. It is not enough for the Christian to be honest and truthful and pure in his conduct, He must be all these in a gracious spirit fragrant from fellowship with Jesus Christ. Now there are some particular forms of temptation which the enemy, in order to destroy our influence as Christians, presents to our souls so frequently that it is well worth our while to recall them for a moment. One form is that of so-called independence. Some people get a superficial reputation for honesty and genuineness through the brutal way in which they are accustomed to blurt out uncomfortable truths. Such a man is likely to say, I call things by their right names. There isn't any hypocrisy about me. If I don't like a person, I let him know it. And other remarks of that sort. Now, such a man is likely to do an enormous amount of harm. He has forgotten that the exhortation to speak the truth in love is just as certainly a divine origin as is the requirement to speak the truth at all. And the truth often ceases to be the truth when the love is taken out and has all the effect of a falsehood. Another thing must be borne in mind that we are not always on the witness stand, sworn to tell the whole truth. And that the Christian spirit will often require us to keep our lips silent and not speak at all, when by speaking we would only put thorns in someone's pillow and do no possible good to anyone. To go about advertising every uncomfortable fact or supposed fact that we come into possession of is to make ourselves very disagreeable in the community and to make the very name Christian as represented by us a thing to shudder at. The devil sometimes comes in the garb of purity and, with the sweet name of holiness on his lips, persuades people that they are holier than anybody else in the church or community and that other people who do not see things just as they do and that are not able to relate the same sort of experience they can tell about, are not Christians at all, and are in danger of destruction. I remember once in a western town, an old backslider who was so mean and wicked that he had not been inside of a church building for years. I set myself to win that old man back to the Lord, and I visited him, and prayed with him, and for him, until, after months of effort, he came back to the church and entered joy again as a Christian. But some of these disagreeable saints got hold of him and led him off on their tack. And it was not six weeks before the old man prayed for me by name and the public service, that I might be saved from the error of my ways and come to pronounce his shibboleth, lest I be damned. A man ought always to be scared about himself when he gets settled in the conviction that he is by far the holiest man in the church. A good scripture passage for him is the one in the Proverbs. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. If God has given you a rich experience, so that your life is clean and pure. Then thrust it out in service, and he will honor it. It is not for you to make yourself shine. Go to work, and the Lord will see to it that you shine unto his glory. Humility, not censorous self-assertion, will make your Christianity agreeable and attractive to people. Another tack which the devil takes with us is to cause us to look on the black side of the outlook for the church and on the seamy side of the lives of other Christians. If you meet such a man and congratulate him on the good congregations attending the church services, or on the number who are being converted and the evident growth of spirituality among the people, he will draw down his face as though he had some inward pain and remark in the most lugubrious voice and with a hopeless air. Oh, yes, but the pastor ought to visit the people more than he does. Things will all go to pieces unless there is more pastoral work done. And so he goes along, spreading only gloom and throwing whatever influence he may have on the side of the disagreeable and uncomfortable. If a good deed is done by anyone, and the person receives praise in his presence, he always turns the fair robe of life over and shows you the seamy side. Now the Christian way is to see the good that is in people and try to bring that into power and control. The great cure for each of these disagreeable characteristics is to throw ourselves unreservedly into fellowship with Jesus Christ and helpful service of the Lord. I have always noticed that the man who works the hardest frets the least. The man who works until the perspiration comes out from every pore is the one who has the least to say about the heat. As we put our religious principles and belief and emotions into loving service for our fellow men, we not only please God, but we make our religion attractive and draw attention to Jesus Christ. End of chapter 18. Recording by Jordan Nash.